So there's been some talk recently about how the iPhone, on the iPhone, you're stuck with only one unlock option, which is the face unlock. And given the fact that everybody wears a mask now, it has been kind of inconvenient mm -hmm. for a lot of people, the fact that you don't have. Now, Apple did talk. They said, okay, we're, I don't know if they said this officially, but there's a lot of rumors around possibly Touch ID coming back mm -hmm. because you saw it on that recent iPad where they put it in a fingerprint or they put the fingerprint in the power button. Mm -hmm. They hit it in there real nice. So you start to think to yourself, wait, can't you do that everywhere? Like it didn't even, they didn't have to make it that big on there in order to support such a thing. Yep. So maybe you don't even have to do in display and maybe you don't even encourage people to use it, but you have it as the backup to the face ID, which they seem somewhat committed to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like this, look at that thing. I mean, that's no big deal. Slam that right in there. Yeah, wasn't Sony like one of the first? Sony does it. Line? Sony does it. Yeah. Other brands have done it. Uh-huh. And Sony has stuck to it, actually, because yeah. we look at their recent, most recent device, which was the Xperia 1 Pro, or just Xperia Pro. That's right. Don't get it wrong. Xperia Pro. You don't, when you're that pro, it's like a $2,500 phone. You don't need any other words in there. Just Where do pro. they go next? I don't know. That's the max. You don't go yeah. beyond that. Oh, maybe you go to Max, which is sure. what everyone else did. Uh -huh. That's what Apple went to Pro Max. Anyway, point being, uh, Apple is experimenting with other unlock options even before we get to whatever they're thinking about with Touch ID for the phone. And I guess they want to solve this, solve this thing sooner because my, uh, my best guess is that a lot of people are having trouble unlocking their phones and are having to type out passcodes and, and are aggravated or they're pulling their mask down. And you know Apple can't be encouraging that type no. of activity. No. A mask down in, in a public confined on an airplane. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know some people are going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I hold Apple responsible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, how about this for like a stopover for now? Use the Apple Watch and they can sell you that. They'll sell you the Apple Watch as well. But using the Apple Watch in conjunction with Face Unlock or Face ID to get into your phone. Mm. So it needs, this is really interesting the way this is described. This is uh, Todd Hazelton on, on CNBC. It needs a certain portion of your face, this feature. And, and by the way, it, it's gonna roll out publicly soon. It's, on, it's in uh, beta right now. It takes a, a portion of your face, but if it doesn't get your whole face or doesn't know for certain, then it looks for the watch. And then, the, and then if it sees the watch in proximity, okay, okay, we got most of the guy's face and we got to watch probably the guy probably. Or, or girl or whoever sure. who is trying to unlock the device. And so what you'll see if you scroll down is what the watch will say on it when you do this process. See, I, uh, Todd iPhone 12 Pro Max unlocked by this Apple Watch. And, of course, you can lock the mm -hmm. phone from the watch as well. Now... We've seen this functionality with laptops where the watch could unlock the laptop. Mm -hmm. I've tried this a couple of times. You can do it in MacBooks, but like I believe I tried it actually with Google product at one time with Android Wear. Am oh, yeah? I crazy? Did I try that? Did that happen? It was that in my dreams. Anyway, I remember having had that experience of using my watch to unlock a laptop. So it can, it can work that way. It does. Uh, but for whatever reason, it hasn't taken off as much on the phones. Uh-huh. I guess on Android, it's the same thing. You can, when the walk, watch is in proximity to the phone, you can have the phone no longer lock up until the watch is no longer in proximity. So mm -hmm. this is definitely something that, that has been there before, but it's just the way in which this one is working in conjunction with the face scan. So it needs a little bit of your face and the watch. It's like two, almost like a mini two factor, like two, yeah. two inputs. Every time. And... I mean, as far as the user is concerned, there's no extra work for them. Yeah, as long as it's fast, then... As long as it's fast, right? I mean, the only extra work for them is they also got to buy an Apple Watch now. Yeah, that's you the see? main hurdle. So Apple got quick to work. They're like, everyone's complaining about their face ID with the masks on. Let's put a feature that solves it, but it's inside of the other product we want them to all buy. Mm. You see how that goes, Willie Do, in the mm -hmm. boardroom? Yeah. That's how it goes. Uh, so anyways... Uh, this is going to be on iOS 14.5 when it comes out, so everyone's going to get a chance 
to use it, but it will make unlocking your device with a mask on a lot easier, obviously, if you happen to have one of these Apple Watches. In the case uh, for uh, Todd here, he says he held his shirt up covering all but his forehead and eyes, and that still worked as well hmm. with the watch to go with it. But Face ID on its own, we all know, will not work if you're obstructing that much of your face. It's not designed to do such a thing. Mm -hmm. So that's something to look forward to, take away a little bit of frustration. Today's sponsor is Stitch Fix, and we talked about them on the show. This is uh, some styling for those that like to be efficient with their time, for those that are busy types, mm -hmm. and also for those that just want to take the headache out of figuring out uh, how they should dress or what suits them or what suits their body type, things like this, you know? Yeah. People don't have any idea what they're doing out there. I don't. You see the way people are dressing out there? They got no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Any, anyway, so this uh, this allows you to get, well, essentially uh, a, a look that's curated, a look that's selected for you and then sent to your door. Mm -hmm. And what happens at that point, Will, is you don't have to buy it. You get to try everything on that's been suggested and you only keep you you only pay for what you keep for what you like and oh, everything yeah. else you just send it back and you know how this goes will is shopping is hard to do right now mm -hmm. and so you get to do you get to have a little mini version of that experience at your at your house and you're going to go ahead and input all of your various uh, personal characteristics so the stuff being sent your way is well fit and all the rest of it and they got all kinds of brands that they're in partnership with on the website. Some surprising, like high-profile brands. So if you thought you weren't going to get the name brands you were looking for, no, they're supported on there as well. So there's no, there's no subscription required. You can try Stitch Fix once, or you can set up automatic deliveries. You pay a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets, which gets credited towards the pieces that you decide to keep. You see how that goes, Will? Mm -hmm. And there's no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. and available in the U.K. as well. You try on the pieces at home before you buy. You keep your favorites. You send back the rest. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns, and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope included to make it even easier. Now, Willie do showing off some of the brands that they've got. I mean... There's some big brands. I mean, I see Ralph Lauren over there. Mm -hmm. I see uh, Calvin Klein and Michael Kors. I know these are names you look for. Mm -hmm. uh, Willie do. Oh, yeah. I see O'Neal over there. I see Bonobos over there. Some good stuff. Yeah. So this is stuff you're going to want to wear. It's a thousand plus top brands. It'll all become part of your look. They'll figure out how to make you look good because you don't know how to do it. No, no. You got to check out Stitch Fix. You can get started today at stitchfix.com slash later, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash later for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash later, or click the link in the description to head over and use the slash later and get to 25% off. Now, you know a couple times on this show, Will, we've been talking about how, how you have some Apple-related life hack that goes viral on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And now it's become an entire segment on the show because it's always some new thing. And it's always a situation where people say, really, that feature? Mm -hmm. That went viral because I know about that feature. I've been using that feature. You know, that's what the people say, if they were polite. But sure. they, actually, they actually say it much more aggressively. Like, who didn't know about this? A lot of yelling. Just yelling in their, in their own letters. premises. Anyway. According to BGR, Apple fans are obsessed with this TikToker's awesome iPhone hack. Now, what's weird is this actual TikTok iPhone hack happens on an iPad, for one. So that's kind of a funny thing. Yeah. It would work, obviously, on an iPhone. But in, in the purpose of this hack, it happens on an iPhone. And somebody else, you know what else? There was comments. People got upset. They got angry because they said, these aren't hacks. Do you know what a hack is? This is not a hack. It's just yeah. a feature. And it's true. It's not a hack at all. But but everything got all squirrely. But you're hacking life. When they, when features. they put the word life in front of hack. Because then it was like, wait a sec. Does it have to be a hack? Or is this just like like a tip? 
Yeah. Now it's just a tip. When you call it a life hack, it's just, oh, here's a hot tip. Yeah. To improve your daily life. It sounds more interesting, to be honest. Hack? A life hack. Yeah, it's like it's like you're not supposed to know about it. Uh-huh. It yeah. seems it you're seems hacking the somehow mysterious or something. Life. Anyway, so you can scroll down and see what it is. Uh, like I said, it takes place on an iPad in this particular case. But people are doing these things because they're catching views and they're going viral on TikTok. This one says, I bet y'all didn't know y'all could do this. Check it out. Woo! Are you fired up or what, Will? Did you see what happened there? How do they do that? You you need care. <laughs> you need Will. Stop with the suggestions. Uh, all right. I we, can't help it. We know what you're up to on TikTok. You're a disaster over there. I'm not even logged in. You're logged in. No, don't try to get out of it. Yeah, TikTok doesn't need you to be logged in to hit you with the heavy firepower. Oh, yeah. Anyway, play it again because it all happened very fast. Watch. Press and hold. Okay. These are all the app icons that this individual wants to move. You understand? Then they go to the next page and they just drop them in there instead of individually moving the icons as they organize their homepage. Sure. It says your life been hacked. Uh, it's useful. It's useful than doing it one by one. But uh, I asked you a very straightforward question, Will. It's has your life been hacked? Well, I don't use an uh, iPad, <laughs> so I guess it's not. Hacked. Your life has not been hacked. No. Anyway, it seems there's no end to this. You can just go on TikTok and showcase, as long as it's quick, sure. showcase a quick and, and sort of visual feature yeah. on your iOS device. And, uh, well, you're about to go viral. You're about to be a hot TikToker. Uh -huh. So that's just, that's my tip for you. All right, last story about Apple. Apparently, Target is going to double the size of the Apple shops inside of its stores. I didn't even know they had dedicated Apple shops. I know Best Buy kind of did something like, like that. Like a little kiosk. Yeah, it's more like a kiosk, but in some cases they would have an Apple employee, like oh. a, an Apple shirt. Like, who do you work for? Apple. Hmm. Why are you in Target? Because I'm at the Apple store in Target. Hmm. I don't know if they're doing that, by the way. I'm just, they take it to a different degree depending on the circumstance. I, uh, anyway, they're, uh, they're doubling down. Apparently this thing is doing well. And... You know, maybe this, maybe part of this has to do with the fact that you have more targets than Apple stores, mm -hmm. I presume. And, or you have targets in markets that don't have Apple stores, or you're trying to get that casual buyer who hadn't made the trip to the physical Apple store or didn't know they wanted to catch an upgrade or something like this. And they're in Target, they're just picking up the, uh, the paper towel or whatever they're doing. Yeah, we need well paper towel badly. That's why, I, that's why I said that one. <laughs> We yeah. can't ever seem to hold on to paper towel. Yeah, There's too many we, dogs. There's too many dogs at the studio, and dogs, they, they need paper around. towel. Yeah. They need paper towel. Mm -hmm. And so it vanishes. You buy a six-pack, it's you come back, 10 minutes later, it's gone. Yeah. I'm you not saying that the gone. dogs don't eat it. They're just pissing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just Not telling, to bury the lead, yeah. I'm just telling people the truth here, all right? Okay. You need a paper towel for that, man. Jeez. Anyway, so you're buying the paper towel in the Target, and then you're like, you know what? I need that iPhone. And then the Apple store inside of Target is right there. It's making you feel warm and cozy. Uh -huh. And Target doesn't mind because I don't know. I'm guessing they, well, they generate some profit from it, whether they're, it's some sort of partnership with Apple, or maybe they charge them a little bit of a, a lease rate or, or something i don't know how they work it out but like look at that you see see that is that a target employee or an apple employee in that picture that's a target employee yeah working at the apple section of the target right anyway it's look you got all the different ways to buy your favorite apple products it's a, it's going to be a whole new experience at target it's rolling out in 17 locations including gainesville florida miami and san jose california Additional locations are coming in the fall. Apple and Target now have a 15-year relationship, and Target stock has gained 70% over the over the last year. Target didn't do so well around the corner over here in Canada. They 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 didn't. They shuddered. They didn't. They didn't hit the mark. I don't know what happened, or maybe they didn't try long enough. People didn't know what was up. They're like Target. What is this Walmart but red? What's what's going on here? No, I thought Target, it was better. Walmart I thought it, but red. I thought it was better than Walmart <laughs> actually. 
yeah. well, I don't know about better. It was just it was different, obviously. Um, but they took over a Canadian classic, Zellers, and maybe that hurt people's yeah. feelings. I don't know what happened there. Mm -hmm. They took over Canadian classic. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back one day. Target, sure. uh, we'll welcome welcome you if you want to give another shot. Well, they didn't. You know what they didn't think about was Canadian Tire, which a lot of people they don't know about. Canadian Tire, yeah. it's a, it sounds like it's about to be a tire shop, but around here, they got everything. Yeah, it's another competitor you gotta account for if you come into this market, because Canadian Tire, it sounds like a tire shop, but it's a Walmart. Yeah, it's basically a Walmart without food. For those of us, uh, for those of you listening from elsewhere in the world, sure, this store makes no sense. It actually probably has more things than Walmart in certain categories, doesn't it? Um, maybe. Well, tools and automotive for sure. Garden. You can get everything at Canadian Tire, and so you imagine Target, I, and I suppose you have stores like this in other markets but i just surprises people like this is a mega store here it's a big business here and it doesn't sound like it when you hear the title maybe target was looking at the sheet to like canadian tire yeah compete with the tire shop get out of here but you got a canadian tire in every single town yeah and they have everything over there they're a big business so i'm just sure. i'm just putting that out there will okay i know i know <laughs> Canadian Tire. I'm putting Canadian Tire. I'm putting Canadian Tire on blast right now. Yeah. It is Good just. Job. I don't know. I always felt it was just so weird. Even as a kid, I'm like, tire. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like this. This shop has one corner with tires in it, and then yeah. it has everything else that exists on planet Earth. So what are we doing with the name right now? But obviously, it's a tire shop that blew up. All right, moving on. Moving on. Sony may be the very first with a one-inch phone camera sensor. Mm. You know Sony knows how to make cameras, Will. I'm sure you heard about them before. It's a Japanese oh, yeah. company, Sony. Yep. Well, they made, uh, they made some waves once upon a time when they put out these little, these little point-and-shoot cameras, the RX series cameras. And they made waves because they put a bigger sensor than what people had seen before previously in point-and-shoot cameras. This is mm -hmm. before smartphones. I mean, they still make this stuff, but everybody's under smartphones now. Mm -hmm. And it's not a full-frame sensor, but it was a lot bigger than what people were had to deal with on these type of form factors. Mm -hmm. And maybe now to take an aim at bringing a sensor like that into a smartphone, which is kind of wild. Mm. It's kind of wild because you know what happens with a big sensor, Will. Big sensor is able to produce a much more dramatic focus effect. You see, I'm going front to back. Yeah, I see it. With the what they call bokeh. Sure. Where it's like the field. out of focus region. Uh huh. It's tough to it's tough to do it. All these smartphones have to do all kinds of computational stuff to create an artificial version of it with these portrait modes. Even yeah. with big aperture on, on, on the lens, the sensor's just not big enough. Yeah, it's just more software. So they got to go crazy with the software. This would do it the old-fashioned way, just with the biggest sensor that you're going to put in a phone. Now, apparently, according to this report, Huawei might be one of the first customers for this sensor in the P50 series. Hmm. The sensor is said to possibly arrive here in April. I'm curious, you know, Sony... Sensors are showing up in all kinds of smartphones from all different brands. Mm -hmm. Very popular, the IMX lineup. Uh, this one, Sony released the first phone-oriented one-inch camera sensor, the IMX 800 is what they're going to call this one. Now, apparently, they're not the first. Panasonic did this on the Lumix CM1, which I made a video about exactly one million years ago. Really? Yeah, that's right. But this thing was different because the Lumix CM1 was more like a camera that happened to have a smartphone on it. The thing had an enormous can camera module over there. Is YouTube down? I think YouTube, I was just checking YouTube before we started. I think it is down or very slow. But you can just Google Lumix CM1 and show people. Like It didn't look like a typical smartphone at all because it housed this huge sensor and lens module. But 
believe it or not, on the other side, that was a phone. Oh. It's probably sitting on the shelf over there. I think I saw it. Yeah. Recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably, we probably yeah. still have it because it's such a weird and unique device. Anyway, uh, we're not going to see this IMX800 pop up in every single phone, and I don't know how manufacturers are going to be able to utilize it without creating even bigger camera humps mm. to, uh, to, to, to deal with having a one-inch sensor. But it is interesting, exciting nonetheless. The smartphone continues to become the camera of choice yeah. for pretty much everybody. Here's some news that may impact you specifically, Will. Mm. Apparently, you know what uh, these guys, uh, Patently Apple, who they patrol Apple patents, patrol what's that coming down the pipeline, all the rest of it? They were uh, investigating a recent alteration to a particular patent in relationship to Final Cut Pro, and they noticed a change which may indicate that Final Cut Pro could switch to a subscription model. Ugh. That's not fun. It's going through the ways of Adobe. Yeah, not fun. Software as a subscription service. Uh-huh. Does that, does that make you tingle? Uh, not tingle, but it gets me heated up. It grinds my gears. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, anyway, this is not for certain, but I have to be honest right now. Final Cut Pro, the fact that it's like 300 bucks, and the fact that you just own it after that, I think plays a big role in how we utilize it. Sure. A big role in how a lot of people approach getting a Mac in the first place mm -hmm. for video editing purposes. Uh, I think I agree with you. It would be unfortunate. But you know Apple is continuing to become this services company, continue to try to figure out ways to, uh, you know, improve, increase profit margins and, mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. How much do you think it would cost a month? Well, there's a couple of suggestions here in the article, 9to5Mac. Some of them are, uh, hey, maybe you still can buy the thing, but then there will be some cloud component you can subscribe to. Okay. Because Adobe has that feature in their subscription service where yep. you can collaborate or something on a file and everything, all the edits, everything lives in the cloud. So yeah. maybe it's some extra feature for Final Cut Pro editors that uh, you can subscribe to. That would be better than than changing the whole thing to subscription. Uh, also, maybe, uh, maybe your Final Cut Pro is okay, but future versions are subscriptions. Mm. Or maybe you need a subscription to get, to get the updates or the more, the more right. most recent version. Uh, or what would the last one be? Oh, one of those freemium models, certain features in the app. So everybody, the $300 version, you get the base level, basic version of Final Cut Pro, and then sure. the subscription unlocks extra features within the app. Uh -huh. I'm just, this is all speculation yeah. at the moment. Maybe nothing happens, but it would be surprising for them to make this deliberate modification uh, let's see what they say at the end here. Although the move does appear to be a very deliberate one, that doesn't mean Apple has any current plans to change its business model, but does suggest it is at least seriously considering the possibility. If you've been on the fence about buying it, now might be a good time to make a decision. The last get in while you can mm. for life. But I suppose, I don't know, they could just cut cut us off too. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Because you would have to update it at some point, I'm guessing. This is kind of the opposite of that. This one you sent to me. Startup designs a modular, repairable laptop. This is a very un-Apple laptop. Although it looks very much like a It MacBook. looks a lot like an Apple laptop, but inside, the heart and the guts of it, not Apple at all. Everything in here is essentially user-replaceable, repairable, customizable right down to the ports that you select through these little modular sections that plug in or out, depending on what you need in there. Uh, you can, everything is industry standard stuff. Nothing is proprietary, whether you're talking about the wireless card, the SSD. The only thing that's a little more difficult is this, the CPU itself, which you know on a, on a laptop motherboard, that makes sense. You only have so much space to work with. Um, it's a 13.5 inch. This is the first one they've done. It's called the Framework Laptop. A 13.5 inch notebook with a number of modular parts. 
13.5 inches, 2256 by 1504, 3x2 display. It has a series of magnetic bezels, making it easy to replace. It also has it's also packing a 1080p 60 fps webcam, hardware privacy switch, and a keyboard with 1.5 millimeter key travel. It'll have 11th generation Intel Core CPU alongside Wi-Fi 6, up to 64 gigs of DDR4 and four terabytes of Gen 4 NVMe SSD storage. So you may have thought that their angle, it even comes with a screwdriver in the box, by the way. And it's a cool looking screwdriver with, a, as you see, a budger. spudger on the other end. Now, your first thought might be, oh, I see how this works. It's going to be a budget minded thing. It's going to be uh, not a premium. Well, they they wanted to do the opposite of that, which is why you see the spec list. You can really spec it out, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. They want it to be a competitor to pro-level laptops. I mean, look at this. What do you need? You need Type-C? Okay, throw it in. What do you need? HDMI? Throw it in. What do you need? A RAM chip? Throw it in. What do you need? An SSD? Throw it in! They're yeah, encouraging really you. useful. These little modules? Look at that. Everything, yeah. apparently, every connector is a single ribbon wherever possible. Uh -huh. So it's not overly complex. Now, it's not going to be the thinnest laptop in the world because of this, you know, to have this modular design. But it is a cool development, especially for those individuals that are getting sick and tired of these proprietary things, getting sick and tired of, uh, you know, not, get, not being able to get their hands dirty with their own gadgets. Mm -hmm. It's being cut off before they even get started. And this is just enough where it's not too complicated to upgrade. No, not at all. Or modify. Not at all. Uh, apparently, they want this to meet or beat the ThinkPad T series, the Surface laptop, and the XPS 13 on performance. That's their target. So they're not joking around. It's no jokes. Anyway, this is just the first of... Possibly many designs that they're going to come out with. Framework is the company. I think the expansion cards are the coolest part. USB-C, USB-A, HDMI, DisplayPort. Just pick what you need. Micro mm -hmm. SD, uh, a little more storage, and more coming soon. You ever heard of Instagram Lite? Instagram Lite. No. It's Instagram, but light. It's like oh, okay. Bud Light. And Coors Light. Hmm. But Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lightweight version of the app for markets in which uh, data consumption or bandwidth is an issue. It's, 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 a, it's a trim down, remove a couple features, one of those being reels, for example. Okay. Like some of the heavy bandwidth heavy stuff that's inside the app so you don't get hit with a fat bill or so that you don't have a lot of lag within the app, it's gonna use a lot less data. Hmm. Now this is not available to everyone, but it's the first time I heard about it, so I thought it was noteworthy. Apparently this is popular in India, where people are very uh, data conscious for, well, a number of reasons, probably speed and cost. And they've been, Instagram's been improving it, trying to figure out ways to add features back into the light version in a, in a more lightweight way. And they recently added Reels back to it, which of course is the TikTok competitor. And chances are a good reason for that is because TikTok banned in India anyways, Reels has, a, has some huge potential to absorb some of that as we talked about in the past. But this light version of the app has been really popular. And of course, if it doesn't have Reels there, well, it isn't gonna be too hot. So they've been trying to get it back in there for the Instagram app on iOS and Android. Now you can't create reels within the Instagram Lite app, but you can watch them. What's okay. going on here, Will? You're smirking. <laughs> it's just a weird screenshot that they have here. Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe we're supposed to know what it is. Is it some sort of a meme? Like she's disappointed and he's dancing? He does have a check mark. I feel like we're supposed to know who he is. No idea. He's a funny guy. Sorry. He might, maybe he's a funny guy. Ricky I don't know. Bond. The app is only two megabytes in size and uses a lot less data. A solid option no matter where you are in the world. But it is currently only available in India. But it got me thinking 
about a light version of many different apps that we like, especially comprehensive ones. Sure. YouTube light, Facebook light. I'm curious what those things would be because I feel they're so far from their original form at this point that some yeah. people might be longing for a more simplified experience. It's possible. I'm just, yeah. and also the data savings. Uh, Tesla has temporarily halted production at its Model 3 line in California. Now, I know your initial speculation is like, hey, wait a minute. Elon left California. What's going on? Uh, what's the beef? Well, it turns out his Tesla stock has been, uh, been dropping, yeah, it's too. Been it's been heading down, down heading downwards. Lately. Uh, apparently, it does have to do with Texas somehow. Workers at, on, on a Model 3 sedan production line in Fremont were told their line would be down from Feb 22nd until March 7th. Uh, they may face a temporary... Uh, Tesla said last month, month it might face a temporary impact from a global semiconductor shortage. Other global automakers like General Motors are shutting down assembly lines due to chip shortages. Chip maker Samsung Electronics said last week it has suspended its factory in Texas because of the winter storm. And the power outages. Wow. So it's some sort of... A lot of delays everywhere. There's a lot of delays. Yeah. I mean, you already were backed up because of COVID, and then you get this winter storm, and and Tesla themselves said that their self-driving chips are manufactured by Samsung at that factory. Mm. So chances are they're waiting for Texas to get figured out so that they can get that line back up and running. They may be short on those supplies, or maybe there's some other reason this is all... Uh, speculation, but certainly not the best time for it, given the fact that, uh, well, it's never a good time for it, but given the fact that the stock's going the other direction and Doge is running out of steam. Isn't Model S supposed to come out next month? Oh, yeah. Am I supposed to get one of those? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. I ordered, ordered one of those. Where's <laughs> that one? Is that one delayed? No. I, I presume that one's coming from Fremont, too, but it doesn't say anything about Model S. This is right. in relationship it's to Model three. three, so it may be a different component, different component shortage. Anyway, yeah, it's you know what's so weird this with the hype stuff. Like Tesla stock is down, GME was back up, crypto was down, and what is the correlation here? Well, go ahead, break it down for us. Uh, it's your classic stonks theory. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go look up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Will. <laughs> Tesla's potential competitor, though they haven't shipped many vehicles at this point, Fisker. I don't know if you remember them. They had that really oh, cool-looking yeah. car, the Karma, Fisker Karma. I mean, that thing looked like a, it looked like a Jaguar, uh, some kind of. Uh, well, this is what they're going to put out soon, is the SUV. But anyway, they realized. I think a bunch of those things blew up or broke down or whatever it was. A bunch it, of things blew up. Yeah. Where we know about that, the power supply earlier. Yeah. Holy moly. The way that man. you said it. <laughs> oh my God. That's the worst sound ever when a power supply, when a PC power supply explodes. I hate that sound, man. And the smell. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, we're not going to get into that here. But Fisker, they had some issues in manufacturing their own vehicles. They looked really cool, but I, I remember hearing about them having had issues and they kind of got out of it. But then. They came back to life because they signed a couple key partnerships. Hmm. This latest one, the latest news, they caught a deal with Foxconn, who we talked about potentially for the Apple car. I don't know why Foxconn isn't getting brought up and more for the Apple car because they're doing the phone. And cars kind of becoming more like gadgets now hmm. because you have the brand, but then you have the manufacturer hmm. who could be different from the brand. Uh, so they got a deal in place. Apparently, this next car will be available in North America, Europe, China, and India. Fisker shares are up, surging more than 38%. In a joint release detailing their memorandum of understanding, the company's launched Project Pair, the creation of a Fisker-branded breakthrough electric vehicle manufactured by Foxconn at the projected annual sales volume of 250000 starting in the fourth quarter of 2023. And you can see the image that was shared they, he's, they're saying it's too futuristic to show. That image is really messing my brain up. I don't know what to make of that. Like, what is the shape of the car? Yeah, the wheels look very large. Very large. Is it like a off-road vehicle? Interesting. Like a moon rover? Interesting. 
Anyway, this isn't the only news for Fisker because they also caught a deal with our pals over at Magna, which oh. is uh, still in the uh, same article. And that's who's going to be making their SUV. Magna, the other company that was rumored to potentially make the Apple car, that's going to be called the Ocean SUV. And that's coming even sooner in 2022. And... I clicked that link when I looked at the story and it just relaunched the same thing and oh. I got very frustrated and I was thinking about warning you Worst. about it, but I didn't. You have to just uh, Google it. But you had pictures of the SUV from earlier. It's a cool looking SUV. The yeah. Ocean SUV. I know you want to show people. There you go. Bingo. Ocean SUV. Look at the white one up there, which is charging. Uh-huh. Kind of cool and yeah. futuristic. I don't know. You tell me. So they're going to be this car company with a variety of different manufacturers as if they were some sort of smartphone or gadget company. Mm. Cool. Kind of, kind of interesting, kind of futuristic. Oh, speaking of uh, new cars, how about this one? USPS unveils its next generation mail truck. And I want to know what you think about this because these things are about to hit the streets. There's going to be, I don't know, many thousands of these things on the roads. Yeah. And... It's a very different look to it. Uh-huh. Now, apparently, it's all thought out, all right? I'm going to tell Great. you what, what was important here. They have a really old fleet that needs to be replaced, all gasoline-powered, and uh, all lacking air conditioning and features you would want to have. This new model adds the electric option, at least a certain portion of these are potentially going to be electric. It gets okay. more cargo space, it gets air conditioning, and it gets this really huge front windshield mm -hmm. so that the driver can better see pedestrians and things like pets and things yeah. like this. So it's, it's actually functional. I know you think it looks funny. I can tell from your expression <laughs> that you think it looks funny, but it all serves a purpose well. Yeah. Okay, go I ahead. Agree. Tell us what's going on. All right. No, go no ahead. I, I saw this before a couple of days ago. Um, people were saying that it's like a Pixar uh, inspired yeah, it's cute. car. Yeah, it's very cute. It looks cute. Um, I, I like it. If it's uh, efficient, if it's just used for utility and it looks, you know, cute, yeah, why not? Why not, right? It has to be in your neighborhood. Yeah. Why not be cute of all the things it can be? Uh huh. The now, big windshield is uh, really useful, I guess. You know. I mean, you spend. I can imagine if you're if you're working for the postal service, you spend a lot of time in that seat right there. Yeah. And so to have that increased visibility, now I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not going to be. It's not the type of vehicle that. It's not. An, it's not inspiring. It's not an inspirational look to it. Sure. Yeah. It's just strictly function. Uh-huh. But I don't know that you could have done it in such a way. That's a funny look. Yeah. That is very Pixar that look right yeah. there. That's crazy that there's gonna be thousands and thousands that look just like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was a big ordeal getting this thing figured out. It's gonna have other safety features, including uh 360 degree view through cameras, helping uh with, for, for even better visibility, as well as front and rear collision avoidance systems. Like these are all things that if I'm if I'm a post if I'm working for the postal service, I'm I'm really happy to have these things on the vehicle I'm in all the time. So mm -hmm. anyway, con congrats to the company. The company by the by the way is named Oshkosh, which is kind of perfect for this design yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, India has unveiled some tougher rules for social media. I don't know if you recall the story. They were trying to get certain accounts suspended or certain tweets taken down around those uh, farmer protests that were taking place. And then they weren't happy with Dorsey because things weren't moving fast enough. And they're like, you know what? Maybe you should just get out of here. Maybe we'll boot you right out of here. I don't know. They didn't say that specifically. But that's the idea. They're saying, this is our this is our spot. You got to play by our rules. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really know how it was going to map out. Well, now, I mean, we have the new rules. And uh, the new the new measures will require big social media companies to set up a, gr a grievance redressal mechanism and appoint executives to coordinate with law enforcement. The government said that the guidelines in its code of digital media ethics were needed to hold social media and other companies accountable for misuse and abuse 
A, t- a detailed version of the guidelines will be published later and take effect three months after that. Basically, the way this works within the rules is that these social media companies will have a maximum of 36 hours to remove content after they receive a government or legal order. It will not be up to their discretion at all. It's just the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. Get it down. Or I don't know. I don't know what the punishment is. Get it down or else. Whoa. What do they do? Freeze the whole site? Yeah. I'm curious how they're going to actually enforce that. But that's what they're looking for. 36 and, hours too. I wonder how they came with that number. Yeah, like is that a fair is that a fair amount of time for to get the right person on the job? But well, you saw in the earlier portion here they said that they're expecting to have uh, someone from the big tech firms executives that they have a, a rapport with that they can reach out to more quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it's part of the thing. So social media firms should be more responsible and accountable. Uh, detailed, yeah, yeah, Facebook did not immediately respond to requests. So, yeah, it's, uh, look, I don't know, man. This is, this stuff is impossible. They want to hold the social media itself accountable, but it's like, imagine the pace at which people can be saying things that you're attempting to police. Like, you see what China has to do. China, they just set, they just set the whole thing up. They're like, nah, you got to come through this, the, the, the great firewall over here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just block everything and 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 keep this variety of companies out if it doesn't meet that criteria. Yeah. But when when you have social media available, then it are it becomes very difficult to police on a per person basis and I I don't know. We we've, we've all heard uh, Dorsey and Zuckerberg talk at length about the difficulty in figuring this thing out and whether or not there should be some sort of global entity, some sort of uh almost like a United Nations type of group that decides what stays up and what goes down. Mm-hmm. Because if governments start deciding what go, what stays up and what's go, what goes down, it could be for their specific agenda as right. well, yeah. right? And, and you might not even know. Like, do they have to publish these requests? Like, mm-hmm. does the public get to know what was taken down and, and who originally said it? Or do certain accounts just vanish? Like, I don't know. It's... Mm-hmm. It's a tough one, especially if you're a private company. Now, this is kind of actually like what Google is currently going through in Australia, where they're saying, no, you got to pay the news organizations that you link to. We want them to get paid because you're profiting Mm -hmm. off linking people to their work. And it's just, you're thinking, man, how do you implement these things? Yeah. How do you figure out a way? So it's it's not impossible, but it is complicated. And... uh, this is the way that India wants to play it. They want more control over social media, but it's been talked about in almost every nation. Mm. Uh, speaking of China, here is an article that at first I read this this headline: Chinese mom pays over one hundred fifty thousand to have perfect seven kids. Read that headline. Stop reading now. Stop reading right now. Okay, what did she pay for for the perfect seven kids? What did she pay for? Yeah, what what did 150,000 to have perfect seven kids. What what does your what do you think when you read that headline that she paid for? I'm just asking you to guess. I I, uh, I realize you don't know. Like genetics? See, like I thought modified genes? I thought something like that or I thought uh plastic surgery? Babies? I don't know, man. I just when I think of paying for perfection, I think of modification. Yeah, yeah. But actually, then I end up reading the article. No, she was just paying the fines to have that many kids in China. That's the fines that you oh. pay. Now, you remember it was the single child policy yeah. for a long time. And then back in 2015, when the population started, to, the growth rate started to decline, they were like, all right, I have two kids. And that happened in 2015. They're trying to encourage people to have two kids. It didn't really have much of an effect. People were, were already slowing down. Uh, but still, these fines are in place to this day. Some of the commenters down in the comment section said, hey, if she had just waited, they would have been paying for these kids, mm. like incentivizing it because they're going to need the next population. Right. Like in Korea, for example, there's incentives to have kids mm-hmm. as an example. Well, a lot of nations are doing this now. But no, in her case, she still had to pay those fines up to $150,000 in order to have this big family, which is quite rare in China. It's quite unusual to see a seven. I mean, a seven-person family is quite rare in general, mm-hmm. but even more so in China where it's very costly in order to do it. So 
what does she say? She No, she just said her incentive here is she doesn't want to be lonely. She wants to have a big family, and it was worth it. You know, in her old age, she wants to have many people coming to visit. And sure. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Like, you know, do, do your thing. Mm-hmm. No? Uh, how much is it uh, per child? Like, uh, yeah, does it go? Does it go up? By the way, she's popped off on uh, t- on Duyin as well. Two million followers. Maybe that's part of the game. I don't know. Oh, hmm. you probably have a whole career. Just like remember when there used to be those shows? It was like seventeen kids. Yeah. Well, like what? John and eight. John and Kate plus eight. Yeah, it was like there's a oh, novelty. I don't know what. It, yeah, John and Kate eight, but then it went crazier than that. It was like nineteen kids and counting <laughs> or something. Jeez. Wasn't it? Watch that one. <laughs> am I am I making that up? Is that a real thing that happened? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. We don't need to look into. But yeah, it's it's people want to look at it because it's unlike. Anyway, apparently the husband shut down the expansion of the family. Uh, seven was enough. But shout out to the big family. Uh, how about this one, Will? Las Vegas slot machine for cars, for used cars. It dispenses cars. Mm. This is this was really they look like candy in there, don't they? Yeah. This is kind of cool. Uh, when I first saw this, I thought of the BMW dealerships around here that do something kind of like this on the side of the highway. But then I realized, no, you actually go retrieve your car from here. It's it it works like a vending machine. Elevator goes up, picks the car. You buy the car online. It's nice. a it's a used car, which also seems kind of strange like they got to load this thing up with used cars every so often but you see the inventory you purchase it online you roll up you put they give you a specific coin that you put in the machine and it goes up and grabs and you drive away fun very fun i feel like i want to buy one of these cars just to have the experience uh-huh. maybe i should go down there now actually this is their this is not their first vending machine they have 28 car vending machines in the u.s how have i not heard of this oh i don't know these machines hold up to 39 cars that are stacked up and brought down to ground level with a special car elevator. You browse the car on, cars online on Carvana's website and select to pick it up at a vending machine. Now, if you're not near one of these vending machines, they'll bring it to you. They'll deliver it to your house as well. Okay. This is kind of a fun experience. Oh, their website is really depressing. They should have showed the vending machine. Well, I'm sure they should. Well, I'm sure they show it. You got to. Well, cl- I can't click it here. Well, I see. <laughs> I see a clicky hand there. It's a I clicky know. pointer. I'm trying. I'm clicking. Wow, a higher state of car buying. How buying from Carvana works. I don't know, man. I feel like uh, that's the main thing. That's the main draw. But anyways. Yeah. Well, it's uh, a it's pos- it's position in Vegas. I'm f- obviously familiar with Vegas. It's a uh, position behind the Mirage and Treasure Island Casino. I think some people, they're going to hit the big jackpot and then just quickly order up the car. You know what I mean? Something like that. Another cool development. Check this out. It's the upcoming Oppo headquarters in Shenzhen. And this thing, what a shape on that. Wow, it looks so alien. I love it. And having a little bit of experience marching around Shenzhen myself, I can say this is a very unique building. Well, it's a u- very unique building anywhere mm-hmm. you put it, but a lot of the buildings in Shenzhen are like fairly typical high rises. Yeah, they're just tall. They're just tall. Yeah. Uh, there's that one building which was across from the the burger place. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Which, which, which was a little fancier. Yeah. It was a little from an architectural perspective, but this thing takes it to another level completely. Uh, it's the ZHA Architects. They won the uh, bid to build this new headquarters for Oppo in China. And if you click through the images, it's like, wow, super futuristic in there. Look at the giant courtyard and community spaces and whatever else. It's going to be three separate towers. Uh, they, Oppo has over 40,000 employees in, in 40 different countries. And... The maximum height of the interconnected towers is going to be 200 meters with 42 floors. It will be 185,000 total square meters. Hmm. So pretty cool development there for Oppo. Mm -hmm. All right, last one of the day. And I want to know your opinion on this, Will, what you would do if this happened to you. What if 
This is definitely not the right article. I think I think it like auto played you into oblivion oh, here. Yeah. Maybe if you there you go. What what if this was you? Arizona homeowners were in their backyard planting a tree and they found a buried duffel bag filled with guns. Hmm. All right, this is you. You just got a place. Uh-huh. You're in the backyard just planting a tree and you find this duffel bag filled with guns. Uh. And by the way, by the way, scroll down. I want you to see what type of guns we're talking about as well. Okay, yeah, I was going to Click on the left. Click the one on the left. What? Okay, what are you going to do, man? That looks like a rusted out M4 or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about assault rifles here yeah. in the backyard in and a duffel pistols. bag. And they're all rusty because they likely were ditched in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Like somebody was not storing them here. For a long time, they're like, yo, you got to hide those. That's what it feels like. Uh Uh-huh. So, and now you live in this place. Uh, I, this would be a weird find for me. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, uh, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Hmm. I'd be curious, uh, to dig more. See if, uh, like a bag of money there. Oh, you're looking for the bag of money. I see the angle you're going for. Well, I mean... There is the immediate concern, which is guns that are in this poor shape, if they were loaded. Yeah. Or, like, there's the danger aspect. I mean, they're not yeah. landmines, but yeah. they're certainly weapons in terrible shape. So there's that aspect. Then there's the other aspect, which is if the house or the address was ever connected with criminal elements. Sure. If anybody ever came looking for those elements. I'm talking sure. about other criminals. Yeah. That will be a cons- that will be the only other, and I'm not saying that would be me. I probably think, all right, this is probably over with. But I guess mainly because it's a, it looks really old. It's like rusted. I don't know. How, that's a good a question. It's a good relief. question. How long it would take, just buried in the ground in a duffel bag, and someone's gonna have to answer for us in in the, in the comment section. How long would it take for a gun to rust out to this degree? Mm-hmm. Is it like a year, two years? Five years, ten years, um, I'm real curious about it. But the question I'm saying is just like if, if somebody was living at your address prior to you moving in that had enemies, yeah. high, high-level high gangster-type enemies, do you want to be in that premises post them having had it? There's a little bit of concern, but... Um, Not major. Yeah, nothing. No, nothing no, because you caught a deal on the house anyway. So. Sure. 